You're listening to the Feed You Podcast. This is episode 17. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Today's episode is brought to you by the Feed You community, the community that is being created on Facebook that's free for you to join, where we can continue the conversation that happens on this podcast and have an opportunity to build each other up, share ideas, share information, and really have a community that we can go to with like-minded individuals who are really in it to give back, live their purpose, and even better, share their knowledge and information with others in the group. If you're interested in joining that community, you can find it on facebook.com forward slash feed you community. Can't wait to see you inside, hear your ideas, hear your feedback, and learn more about you. See you inside again, facebook.com forward slash the feed letter U community. Hello, hello, and welcome to the feed you podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and I'm your host. And it is the first Feed You podcast episode of the year, and I'm so excited to be here and to share with you um, a planning strategy that I have used for the last few years in my business that I have seen a huge difference in in reaching my goals and accomplishing the things I want to accomplish. And I also use it with my clients. So I thought I would come on the podcast and share with you some strategies to help you get your 2019 started in the right direction, aiming for the goals that you have in mind, and with an actionable plan that gets you there. Because I know a lot of times we're like, oh, we have these pie in the sky goals, yet we have no ability to really get there. And then, you know, three months in, we start second guessing ourselves. Six months in, we're no longer reaching for our goals. Nine months in, we're starting to panic. And at the end of the year, we're just bummed because we haven't reached or accomplished or done the things that we said we wanted to do. So I want to avoid that for you this year. And I want to give you some strategies that you may have heard of before, but some maybe you haven't. So with that in mind, let's get started. I'm going to create a download for you to go with this episode. So you have it. um, Because I think it's important that you have a space for for the journaling and the note taking that you need to do in order to make this happen. I really find that using pen and paper enables your brain to process and create in a way other um, mechanisms don't work. Typing doesn't work the same way. Saying it out loud doesn't work the same way, but just really pen to paper to plan out your year. And then you can put it into whatever format you best like to look at after you've done that pen to paper. My favorite way to plan this out, it's its so, so nerdy. I, I almost don't want to tell you. Um, but the giant notepads that you can get that are sticky, um, the ones that you would use like in a conference room if you were taking notes um, and you didn't have a whiteboard, you had those giant, I mean, they're huge. They're like three foot by four foot or something. I don't know the exact measurements, but you can get them on Office Depot or Office Max or Staples or whatever you have near you. But um I love those things because you can write out what you want. You can rip off a page and you can put them 
wherever you are. Um, typically when I'm planning, I'm either at the library or I have a bigger space that I can use. Um, I did it last year in a hotel room and we had them stuck all over the room. I'm sure the people that came in to clean the room were like, what are these people doing? Um, but it just works really well because you can visualize, you know, what you're doing, what you're aiming for and where you're going. So think about investing in one of those giant notepads with the sticky on the back. You have to get the ones that are sticky. You can't just, because otherwise you gotta get tape. It just doesn't work as well. So anyway, and what's cool is the sticky part is it, you can peel off. You can peel it on and off. It doesn't hurt anything. It's kind of like a post-it note, a giant post-it note. That's what it's like. So that's the tool I would recommend to do this. But to get started, I want you to, we're going to do a little bit of review and we're going to do a little bit of visualization for next year. So I think it's important for you to start with your vision and your vis visualization and the intention that you have around the year. And so I always say, don't ask once, ask twice, because um, I will never forget this quote. I, I used to be a huge Marianne Williamson fan. If if you um, know who Marianne Williamson is in the nineties, I would listen to her back and forth all the time on my drive. And I will never forget um, one of the quotes that she used, which is the ego speaks first and the ego speaks loudest. So when you're asking yourself a question, the first answer you get is not necessarily going to be in alignment with what your true heart wants, what your soul wants and what your purpose is. So as you're asking, you know, what is my intention for 2019? What do I really want to accomplish? And why do I want to accomplish it? That why piece of it is really a stickler because if you don't ask the why, you just, it's really easy to get caught up in what you think you should be doing in comparison to what other people in your world are doing. And that can be um, in corporate, if you're you know, reaching for different goals because everyone around you in corporate is reaching for those goals, or if you're an entrepreneur because you're in different masterminds or different entrepreneur groups, and you're like, well, they want, they want to make a million dollars, so I do too. Well, that may not really be what's best for you right now. It may not be best for your health, for your sanity, for where you are in your business. And so I really just want you to take the comparison tendency off the table. And I want you to ask yourself this question and I want you to, I want you to say, okay, so what is my intention for 2019 and why? And then I want you to write out your answer. And then I want you to, at the end of that, ask yourself again and see if the answer is different. Um, I learned this through, it's interesting, through a spiritual practice, through um, a book group that I, I was involved in for a very long time. And the leader of that group would have us ask that from a spiritual perspective, you know, what, what, um, ever the question was, you know, uh, where do you want to take your spiritual philosophy, you know, in the next six months, and then you would write down an answer. And then she'd say, and, and then ask yourself again, and then ask yourself again. And it would, you know, three or four times. And every time you would answer the question, a new answer would come forth. And it just kind of, it's like um, peeling the layers of an onion. If you really want to get in touch with where you can make a difference in the world, where your true purpose is going to shine, you have to do this work. You have to dig in and ask these questions and you have to ask them more than once. Because again, Marianne told us the ego speaks first and the ego speaks loudest because it wants to be heard. Well, that's not necessarily the direction that your heart wants to go or that is really in alignment with what your true purpose is. So that is your first step is to go and visualize where you want to be. And then just really ask yourself multiple times, is that really where I want to go? 
Is that really what I want to do? And why do I want to do that? And if it makes sense, then you're ready to go on to step two. And that is, this sometimes can be hard, especially if you have old lady brain. That's, I I call it OLB in my world because um, I seriously, there's just days like, I'm like, what's my name? (laughs) Because you just have so many things going on. It really has nothing to do with being an old lady. It just, um, I kind of feel like some days I just can't remember anything anymore. Um, But it's, we need to take a look at what we did last year. And so when you're reviewing 2018, think back and I use my planner. If you didn't catch the planner episode, that was two episodes ago. Um, I use my planner to track pretty much everything that I do on a daily basis. And that is not only to keep me motivated and keep me on track, but it really helps when I'm doing this review process at the end of the year, because I can look back and I'm like, oh, holy cow, I started a podcast or I launched a course or I did this or I did, you know, and you have an idea of the goals that you set each month and how you reach those, or if you didn't reach them, why you didn't. So maybe your course changed, you know, your your course of action changed, or you decided to move in a new direction. And that's perfectly okay, because you're not going to know in January, if what you're planning is really going to fit into who you are and where you want to go in June. Sometimes it will align, sometimes it won't align. So don't beat yourself up about it just review, okay, here's where I said I wanted to go. Did I go there? And if you did, awesome. What went right? What went wrong? What can you learn from? What can you, um, you know, what can you repeat and do again? Because it worked well the first time. And if you didn't, then review why you didn't. What changed and what moved you in that direction? And I think a lot of times looking at our mistakes, we're a little bit afraid to look at our mistakes and go, oh, yeah, I totally screwed that one. But in reality, those places where we we feel like we screwed up or we had failure or we had a lesson, um, we need to shift our perception around that and realize that that learning could not have happened any other way. And um, Darren Hardy, who's one of the people that I follow very often, uh, has a saying that is fail fast and fail often, because the more you fail, and this is anybody that's, you know, you, me, or the millionaire down the street, everyone has had failures in some perspective or another. And most of those people that have million billion dollar companies, including Jeff Bezos, and um, Bill Gates, and any of those huge companies, they have all had failures. If you go and read about the history of their company, you will realize they have had failure after failure after failure, because you can't get to success without failure. So keep that in mind. And as you're reviewing, I want you to ask yourself two questions. The first being what did you accomplish in 2018 that aligned with you? And what didn't align with you? And once you have those lists created for the things that aligned with your higher purpose, aligned with the the vision and the intention of where you were going, and those that did not, then I want you to break those down, um, because you really want to get to more of what aligned with you and less of what did not align with you. And that doesn't mean cut and dry, like get rid of that um, product or service or process or whatever that would be that didn't really align with you. It just means we need to take a look at why it didn't align with you and how can we make it better. And so this is something I also do with clients and um, I do for myself is I look at things and I'm like, okay, where I started in my business, you know, building websites on a regular basis, month after month after month was killing my creativity because 
that coding, I can do it. I mean, I am very technically able to do it, but it is not where I want to spend my time. And so as I go into 2019, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I've decided I am going to outsource that piece of it. I love to do the design. I love to create the look and feel of it, but I don't want to do the development piece of it. There are people that are suited much better to creating and developing that and staying up on the technology and not going into a frenzy every time there is a major change in the platform I use. So look at things like that. And then I want you to get to more of the things that align with you and less of the things that don't. And there are a couple ways you can do that. One, you can get rid of the service altogether. Um, if it just isn't align, isn't in alignment with your business or if it, um, just isn't making you money, or you just don't want to do it anymore. It's okay to say no. There's a saying in our house very often. I'm like, no is a one word sentence. All you have to do is say no. And people don't want to, they're very uncomfortable with saying no, but it is a one word sentence. You're allowed to say no. So when you're doing that, feel free to say no to those things that don't serve you. And a better way to handle that is, you know, don't leave your customers in the dust, find them a solution, find them somebody you can refer to, find a power partner, find someone else who excels in that area, make them a contractor, whatever that looks like. But um, it's okay for you to say no. The other piece of that goes along with it. And I just said it, um, you can outsource that. There's no nothing out there saying you can't outsource a component that you don't excel at or love. And so, you know, if you, um, are, are really focused in your area of business and you really enjoy one component of it. So for example, if you run a restaurant and your favorite component of running that restaurant is greeting the customers and checking on the customers and overseeing what's happening in the restaurant, you don't want to be the person that's filling out all the supply orders. You don't want to be the person that is ordering all the food and making making sure that everything is stocked in the kitchen and that everything is um, being prepped and all of that sort of stuff. You hire people to take care of those components for you. You hire waitresses to take orders. You hire um, kitchen managers to manage the staff to make sure food is prepared in a timely manner and is meeting health codes. You hire com- people for each of those components. So look at that for your own business and see which components y- you only you can do that you love doing that really light your fire and stick to those and then find ways over time. You may not be able to do it all at once, but find ways to outsource the components that don't feed that fire. And if you want it done a certain way, Here's a pro tip. Start writing down the process of the way you do it. Now, this will take much longer than you think it will. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to take a lot longer than you think it will because you just autopilot do it. But when you have to stop and start writing down that process, it takes some time. But I'll tell you what, once you have it written down, it's much easier to hire someone and train them and give them that process and say, this is how I want it done. This is exactly how I want it done. I want this email sent out. I want this as the photo at the top. I want it addressed this way. I want it to follow this um, pattern of conversation. I want it to end this way. I want it to go out on this date. I want this to be a followed up on this date. Do you see how I'm saying it's every component because then it makes it very easy for someone to step into that role and know exactly how you want it without having to spend hours and ages and days training somebody to do it that way. 
That being said, get more to what aligns with you and less of what doesn't. Do you see a theme here? Stay in alignment with who you are and what makes you happy. Um, and I just had breakfast with a friend right before recording this. And I said, it's interesting when you go through a significant loss in your life, how simple it becomes to less of what doesn't serve you and more of what does serve you. Because life is simply too short to do things you don't love. And I know that sounds very Hallmark cardish for lack of a better term, but it really is true. Life is really too short and you don't know how quickly that can change. So I, I am very adamant about helping people get to the point where they're only doing things that fill them up. So I'm, I'm hoping that you will take that seriously and you will make those lists and you will write all of that down, both for your intention and for your review. Now, this is really important. You know how we just talked about no is a one word sentence. Well, the next piece of this puzzle is you really need to come up with a list of things that are non-negotiables and I call them no ma'am, non-negotiables. And those are things that you just aren't going to do. Because if you don't control what you will do in your time and control your time and control uh, the way that you interact with customers and the way that you work with others, they will control it for you 100%. And then you're going to be angry, you're going to be bitter, you're going to be frustrated, you're going to be burned out, and it's just not worth it. So I want you to create a list of three to five non-negotiables. And that can be things like, I'm not going to work on the weekends. I am going to take a two-week vacation every every summer. I am not going to work on the holidays. Um, if you like to ski, if you're from Colorado and you're like, I love skiing, I'm taking four-day weekends every other week in the winter so I can go ski, whatever that looks like for you. Those non-negotiables. For me, a non-negotiable this this year is going to be, I am not giving up my Thursday morning yoga class. It is non-negotiable to me. It is something that feeds me. It is something that helps me interact with clients better. It helps me think better. It helps me be more creative. And so I had told my yoga instructor this morning, I said, it is a non-negotiable for me to be here on Thursday mornings, unless, you know, I'm sick or something, something out of my control happens. But in my mind, it is a non-negotiable. So whatever those are, have three to five of them, write them down. And I want you to put them somewhere in your line of vision where you will see them multiple times a day. So suggestions for that bathroom mirror on the dashboard of your car, on your computer monitor, in your day planner, have them somewhere where you see them along with your intention for the year. And I think it's kind of fun to make um, whatever your intention is, if you can narrow it down to one word and you can create some sort of visual for that so that it's constantly in your eyesight that's a great way to stay motivated and stay on track. So think about doing that too for whatever your intention is for the year. Um, I know I work with uh, a friend of mine who's a copywriter and I talk to her we, every year we pick a word that we're going to focus on and we focus our energy that year on that word. And I have chosen my word for this year for 2019. And that is for me, it is ease. Uh, I want everything to be easier, simpler, and not so hard to create. 
and to build. And that doesn't mean it doesn't take effort. It just means that it takes effort in a different way. So I want you to kind of think about what your intention is and what your word would be for 2019. And then make a note of it somewhere that you're going to see it. So number three was to uh, write out your non, no ma'am, non-negotiables. So number four, this is where people get a little bit stuck. We need to talk about numbers. You know, where are your numbers going to be? And uh, another friend of mine made a comment right before the holiday season that if you don't have a stake in the ground of where you want to get to, your attention, your focus has nowhere to go. And so you'll never reach your goal. So if you're just like, oh, I just want to make some money. No, it won't work because your attention isn't focused anywhere. You can't get anywhere. You can't focus your attention in a proactive way intentionally to go after that number. So I want you to put down a number and then I want you to put down the real number. So that can work either way. Some people will have a pie in the sky number, like I want to make a billion dollars. And some people will put down, I want to make $50. Pick whatever that is and then flip flop it. Because typically, again, if you put down a, a number, you're probably not aiming high enough. Nine times out of 10, you're, you're going to say, okay, I want to make this amount. And it's going to be on the low end of really where you want to be or where you can get to. So put down a number and then go two steps out of your comfort zone and see if you can't get to that number. Because chances are, if you go two steps out of your comfort zone, in that number, you will not only meet, but you will exceed that number because you have somewhere to aim and you have somewhere to go. So that's number one. Write down your number. And then, of course, we have to review. Okay, so what were your numbers last year? And I know many entrepreneurs either are afraid to look at their numbers, never look at their numbers, don't know what their numbers are, or are over analytical of their numbers. It's one of those categories. So regardless, take a good look at your numbers. And that includes not only the money you brought in, but where did the money go? Because if you are, you know, constantly making this amount of money and then spending it all, that's not, there's no way to pay yourself. So kind of take a look at that, see how you want that to shift this year. Take a look at things that you're spending money on that maybe you don't necessarily need that are auto subscription renewals, but take a look at those and say, okay, do I really need that? Am I utilizing it in my business? Is it helping my business grow? All of those sorts of things. If it's not, then you probably need to cut it and get rid of it. But being aware of how you're spending money, how you're bringing money in helps you to determine how to get to the goal you just wrote down. Because if you're at say $50,000 and you want to get to $250,000, it's not undoable. But what do you need to do? What action steps do you need to take to, to make that happen? And then that comes that comes into, um, we're going to get into the next piece of that, how we make that happen. But then I want you to look at not only 2018 numbers, but go back the year before. So you're looking at 2017. And then I want you to look at 2017 compared to 2018 and see what happened. Did you go up? Did you go down? Did you say the same? And analyze why that happened. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter really to anyone other than you if you went down. 
you just need to look and see why that was. Did you make a shift in your business? Did you have a new product? Did you get rid of an old product? Did you get rid of some team members? Did you add team members? What, you know, what are all the components that made that shift? And don't get into the practice of beating yourself up about it. Just analyze it as a outside observer and say, okay, well, I was here and then I was here. And so you may have up and down, but just be aware, becoming aware of it is going to take you further in the right direction than just shoving it under the rug and hoping something, hoping and praying something happens different. So be aware of it. And then I actually want you to go back um, three years and five years, because sometimes you can look at three years ago, well, I was only making this much, but now I'm totally making this much. So look how far I've come. And 90% of the time, that's going to be the case is that you will always, you will have some sort of increase within three years, five years, et cetera, to where you are now. So take a look at that. Make sure you look at your numbers, set your number for next year, and then figure out what needs to change to get you from point A to point B. And that is where your plan comes in. And this is where a lot of people that they, they stop and they're like, oh, I have my number. I'm done. Well, no, it's not going to work that way, because if you don't have a plan, you can't ever reach your numbers. You can put, you know, the stake in the ground and hope and pray and do all kinds of mantras and all of that sort of stuff. But if you don't actually put in the work and take the steps to make it happen, it won't happen. So that being said, we need to write down a plan. And I always recommend breaking it down by quarter because that way it's, um, one, it's attainable. You can create, you know, momentum and grow each quarter and make shifts each quarter, but also it gives you the opportunity to look back on the previous quarter, review what has happened and then pivot. So if you have a brand new product that you put out there and you tried it for three months, which is a pretty good time period to test something and make sure it's working, you can look at it and say, okay, I have done 12 webinars in the last three months and I have had two sales. Something is wrong. So then at that point you have to look at it and go, okay, what do I want to change or what needs to change? Does it, do I need to promote it differently? Do I need to get in front of new audiences? Do I need to refine the offer? Do I need to look at pricing? You can kind of evaluate all of the components in there and determine what needs to change. So as you're breaking this down by quarter, you may need to break it down by activity. So I just came up with a few examples, like in Q1, you want to promote and sell a mastermind. So if this is a new product, then you need to break down, you know, what, what are the three steps, the big kahuna steps that I need to take in order to launch that mastermind? What does that look like? And then those three steps need to be broken down into actionable tasks. So if um, creating a mastermind, you need to build an audience, well, that's a huge undertaking. And there's like 50 steps under building an audience. So what are you going to do to do that? And then you need to um, create the material you're going to have in your mastermind. So what does that look like? How much time is it going to take? And what plan of action do you have for that? And then maybe the third one is um, how do you create that mastermind uh repetitive income. So you've brought people into the mastermind, you've created the material, 
and you've promoted the mastermind, all that sort of stuff. So how do you keep regener- uh, regenerating income from that mastermind? Whether it's bringing new people in or you're extending the knowledge and you're having that purchase again, what does it look like? And so all three of those big pieces have lots of little tasks under them. Now, again, you may not be doing all of those tasks, but you still need to map them out because whether it's you or somebody you hire or somebody you bring on as a contractor, somebody has to take care of the steps. So that's how you start to plan it. And then you do that by quarter. And as you start to create your quarterly plan, you're going to know by the time you get to Q2, well, Q1, this mastermind thing has taken a lot longer. So I'm going to have to bump Q2 to Q3 and keep promoting the mastermind. So all of those little pieces go into your plan. And then the last component I have for you, which I find with people that are both successful and not successful, is they don't often connect the dots. So for example, you may have a very successful business of one-off purchasers. Well, we all know that it's much easier to keep a customer than it is to go out and get new customers. So if you have let's say 500 customers that have only bought from you once, you haven't connected the dots for them because they don't know what to buy next. They don't know how to to work with you again. You haven't given them a plan. So evaluate what you're offering as a product, how it, and most people have more than one product or more than one way for them to work for people to work with you. So how do you connect the dots? And how do you connect the dots with your quarterly plan to make it easy for your customers to continue to do business with you and to refer you to other people? So that is um, dependent on very much so how you're going after your clients too. If you're going after people online, that is a very different scenario than if you're going to um, try to recruit and um, convert people from a face-to-face interaction. We all know that if you're doing a face-to-face interaction, it's much more likely and much more possible for you to create a um, trust relationship with people than it is online. It's much harder online for people to, to build that trust relationship with the people. When you have a higher trust relationship, it is easier to sell a higher price priced product. That's just, it just works that way. So with that in mind, as you're evaluating your products and your services and you're creating that funnel that I love to talk about and you're connecting the dots for people to work with you, you need to take into consideration what that looks like and how much time that will take and how much effort and how much investment you may have to make um, in advertising and promotion and in staff and add that into your quarterly components as you're creating that plan. So that being said, I'm going to go through the um, five tips one more time for you to plan plan your year. I do have a download for this. You can find it at alisaconnor.com forward slash 17 or download 17. It's download 17 because this is episode 17. So alisaconnor.com forward slash download 17. And I just want to wrap up with um, giving you those five steps again. So you know how to get started and then you'll have a worksheet that you can work through and move forward with your goals. 
Number one is to create your intention and visual and visualization around that intention. And number two was to review what happened last year, what worked, what didn't work, why it, why it worked and why it didn't work and what you want to continue with and what you do not want to continue with. Three is to define your non-negotiables. What is it you will not do? Your no ma'am non-negotiables this year. Um, and that is to manage your time and your energy and your business so that you actually have a life outside of work. Number four is to write down your numbers, where you want to go, where you've been, and how you get from point A to point B. And number five is to create your plan. How are you going to get from point A to point B? What steps are you going to take? Who's going to help you get there? And at what point are you going to reevaluate to see if you need to pivot? Along with that, you need to come up with a plan to connect the dots for your customers so it makes it easy for them to work with you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Happy New Year to you. Happy 2019. I hope this gets you going in the right direction for planning out your year, planning out your business, planning out where you want to go, and also appreciating where you have been. I hope it brings you much more happiness and sense of fulfillment and purpose as you align with your internal intention. And as always, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with a friend, leave a rate or review on iTunes or on Google Play, and I will see you next week where we are talking with Mike Michelson about SEO and how to integrate that not only into your website, but into all the content you're creating so that you get more traction with Google. I'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Feed You Podcast at www.alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. 